Hi, welcome. Today we're going to be recording an episode on suffering, as you probably saw in the title. However, this episode is a bit different because it is not just me or the Holy Spirit. We also have Reagan. Hey. (laughs) Very exciting. And Reagan will be joining us today. I know her through campus organization, and she's a very cool... You're too sweet. all around very (laughs) sweet girl. It's like almost a cavity being around her. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about suffering. Hopefully you guys learn a lot, grow from this conversation, at least take some things away, per usual, hopefully. And I'm really excited to be able to talk with you guys. Bible day and talk with Reagan as well. So, Amen. We will have Reagan introduce herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm Reagan, um, like Tochi said. And yeah, the first book of the Bible I read um, when I fo- started following Jesus over two years ago now was the book of Job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And usually people will read a gospel or like Romans or something like that. But I went straight to the Old Testament and I was like, this is where it's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really... Um, resonated with Job and felt that, I don't know, there was just a big lesson for me to learn there because I was so confused and wanted clarity on why the Lord let bad things happen in my life and what his answer was to that. Um, and I will say like, it really provided such a strong foundation for, um, my walk with him and yeah. We'll get into that today, though. (laughs) We will. We will indeed. But yes, Reagan, very cool gal, and we're going to get into that. Um, The first question that I think it's always good to kind of define whatever we're talking about, and so the first question would have to be, what is suffering? So Yeah. What is suffering to you, Reagan? There's a few different kinds of suffering, first of all. Um, There's like first world problems, and there's other sufferings like mm-hmm. um currently there's a lot happening in Afghanistan where believers are um going through suffering that is like unheard of in the west and mm-hmm. so um but yeah suffering is ultimately just like hardship it is going through things that are not easy or natural for us i tried to look up the definition of suffering i got like hardship and a whole list of other things Basically saying, like, something bad or a bad experience. Um, To experience or be subjected to something bad or unpleasant. When I think suffering, I think of, yeah, kind of like the inevitable of life. Um, And just something that you didn't put on yourself. Like, unmerited sorrow um, and something that you didn't necessarily expect. But it makes you grieve and it's not a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've all probably experienced. Yeah. So that's what I think about when I think of suffering. And to follow that, I think one of the most popular questions <laughs> that are asked when it comes to suffering and bad things happening is, why does God allow suffering? So, Reagan, would you like to <laughs> tell us about that? I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> so, there's there are many reasons why um, God allows suffering and why he allows bad things to happen. Um and especially, you know, people ask, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm, um, and, you know, whenever bad things happen to someone who's quote-unquote bad, no one questions it. Yeah. But whenever it seems undeserved, mm-hmm. like you said, unmerited, yeah. bad things happening, 
that's when people are like, okay, God, right. <laughs> what is this what about? Is this? Like, so um, there's several reasons why, as I said. So one, you know, there's sin exists. Sin is a thing. Um, and the Lord has wrath. That is factual. Um, mm-hmm. So you look at Acts in um, chapter 5, Ananias and his wife, they were literally struck dead. Um, no one talks about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but also, one reason could be for his glory. So there's um, the blind man in John chapter 9, where the disciples and the people around Jesus were like, why is he blind? What did he do to deserve this? What did his parents do? What sin did they commit? And Jesus said, none of, like, they didn't do anything to deserve this necessarily, but it's for my glory that he's like this. It's so that I can restore him. And so the Lord lets us suffer for his glory as well, um, which leads me to say it brings us closer to him. It teaches us, and it teaches us to rely on him. So you look at Israel, um, and God put Israel through so many things, and he let them suffer. He brought wrath, and... um, But really, what it was for, and this is stated a lot, especially in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. um, it was because he was jealous for their love. And Israel had turned away from God, and that is why, so that he could bring them closer, and so that they would turn back to him. Um, He's a jealous God. And so, then you look at Job, um, (laughs) and it's interesting because God literally says, Job does not deserve this. And I remember when I read that, I kind of, like, raised an eyebrow at that. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so what that did, you know, you could derive so many lessons from the book of Job. It's not just one answer, but I think a big point is that it really tested his faith. It really refined his faith, and um, it just brought like a perseverance that can't be like replicated or created in any way. Um, And yeah, so refinement's a really big point. Testing is a really good, good point. And then um, it makes us more like him because (laughs) the epitome (laughs) of being a Christian and like most churches don't like to say this, but the heart of Christianity is to die. (laughs) it is to suffer and you're like okay well that's not happiness and rainbows Mm -hmm. and what I want to hear sorry but it's dying and (laughs) um, the reason why is because that makes us look like him Mm -hmm. and Jesus is literally called the man of sorrows and we will talk more about this later Mm -hmm. but in Isaiah 53 he is called the man of sorrows Um, And there's a lot of common Christian prayers like, God, let me just look like you, or Lord, let your will be done, or, um, you know, use me for your glory, or just generally saying, like, use me. And, you know, (laughs) if you are asking him to make you look like him, he's going to do it, for one. Um, But just know, he is the man of sorrows. And if you want to look like him, you will suffer. I think just like a side note, it's like that the dying that is and that comes to Christianity mm-hmm. 
is so freeing. Like, yes. <laughs> it's the most free you'll ever feel. And I feel like there's this misconception in society when they think about Christianity or having and walking in a real relationship with Jesus and they think that it's something that ties you down, but it's literally freeing. It's letting go of all the dreams and desires that the world has told you, but ha that have never satisfied because they can't because your soul longs for an eternal thing and that yeah. can only be found in Jesus. And so just want to like pop that in there because I feel like some people get scared at the thought, but it's so freeing. Yeah. And that. that's why we talk about it. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. almost lightheartedly. And I think another point too is just like, um, like the beauty of suffering as a believer. One of the things is just that we suffering in this world is inevitable, mm -hmm. but as believers, we have a hope that's greater than this world. It's almost like what I just talked about, about it being eternal and how Jesus fulfills this eternal desire in us. So it's like, it's so much more beautiful and fulfilling and like yeah. worth it to suffer with Christ because there is treasure in that. There's treasure yeah. insured for eternity for the life after that will be far longer than this one. Yeah. And there's just so much hope because no matter what you experience on this earth, you know that you're guaranteed a place where there will be no tears, no sorrows. Yeah. Every tear will be wiped away. And it's like, how much greater? Like, there's nothing else on this earth that can compare to that. Like, the verse that we have here is First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, which is basically talking about how we don't grieve as those who don't have hope. Yeah. And it's so true because the hope that God gives us is beyond what anyone or anything in this world could give us because it's eternal and it's something greater than ourselves and so i think that's also a really good point when it comes to suffering and especially in the lives of christians yeah absolutely and um i'd like to add um the way that i dealt with suffering before following jesus versus how i handle it now is literally, it's two different people. <laughs> um, I don't recognize her, but yeah, before I started following Jesus, my the fruit of my suffering was bitterness and strife and anger and selfishness and just having a victim mentality. And um, now it's like, because he's with me, because it's something I get to do with him and share with him, um, that creates like such a bond and the fruit of it is gentleness and joy and wisdom. And he really uses it to teach you, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and so it's, it's not something to be despised. I think that's something, especially in America that we have just really, cultivated is yeah like we hate suffering here <laughs> we hate it and you know is it something that should be despised mm. that's a good question I don't think so yeah. <laughs> and mm. yeah yeah I think that's really meant to be part of life like if you think about it like people in the past thought that by now we'd have all the tools and all the technology to make life so much easier yet we found a way to busy ourselves more up yeah. it's like we think that these things will solve and take away our suffering but suffering is a part of life and we have to 
accept that, but there's beauty in that. And that's the amazing thing, that there's beauty in that as Christ followers. And it doesn't go to waste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. should not be despised. It should be treasured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a unique view. Unique perspective. Right, yeah. That, that's not the world's view yeah. on suffering. But, you know, usually the world's view and Jesus' view doesn't line up. And if it does, there's probably something wrong there. But <laughs> So going deeper, it's like the beauty of suffering. Mm-hmm. Almost suffering in the lens of the Bible. I feel like we already kind of touched on it a bit. Of just like how we can be joyful in our sufferings. And how like there's so much joy that comes from or in um, suffering as believers. Like I think of James 1 that talks about like count it all as joy when you experience sufferings of many kind because it builds up perseverance and perseverance builds up endurance and it strengthens your faith evidentially and there's so many verses like that like suffering is not not talked about in the bible i can guarantee you that honestly yeah um and so many verses talk about how much it builds up our character even like in philippians 4 which is a very popular one and it's a verse that relates to suffering but is often dismissed yeah as we've discussed multiple times already in american culture suffering is just yeah highly avoided mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much we love so. our comfort here <laughs> yeah with jesus like suffering we get to know jesus deeper like mm-hmm. we'll definitely go more into this in just a few seconds honestly but there's so much beauty in suffering because jesus is there and God makes everything beautiful, thus it will be beautiful, and it doesn't go without a meaning. But, Reagan, I have a question for you. What's up? <laughs> Where can we find suffering in the Bible? Everywhere. Everywhere? If you look for it, um, it's <laughs> in every Bible story. Seriously. Like, literally. The book of Esther, um, that's a really good one. Um, Revelation. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Revelation twelve eleven, mm-hmm. um, it's talking about the um, the believers in the end times, and it describes them as they didn't love their lives unto death. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. that is so profound, yeah. <laughs> and it makes me like weirdly excited because <laughs> I'm just like, if only. Christians adopted that mindset of Jesus didn't come just to serve me, but Mm -hmm. like, because he came, I get to serve him in return. That may be painful. That may cost me something, but he's far worth everything else and everything else is worth giving up. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, if you look at (laughs) the disciples, um, Mm -hmm. the only one that was not martyred, I think, I'm pretty sure, was John. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter was crucified upside down. Um, you know, Stephen was stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Even, I think a lot about the Psalms, where, um, obviously, a lot of it is about lament. Um, it always starts, not always, but a lot of them start out with lamenting. And saying, God, why? God, you do this. You hate me, God. (laughs) And I love the Psalms because they're so relatable. Mm -hmm. That's so true. They are so relatable. Um, But they usually end with, but God, Mm -hmm. you're good. Yeah. But God, you've covered me. 
Literally. but God, you have, you're here. Like something along those lines. Yeah. And that really is like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> even as Christians, even as believers who, though we do grieve differently and we handle suffering diff- differently, we still suffer. Yeah. We still feel pain. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact is that he's with us. Yeah. You know, Jesus means God with us. Like, mm-hmm. and he delivers us. He doesn't um, just deliver us, though, from circumstances. He doesn't, he can, and he does. Yeah. But he doesn't always. But the thing is that he's always faithful to set our souls free. Yeah. I think that, like, almost on the point where you talked about revelations and how mm-hmm. they're going to love their lives even unto death, yeah. it's like, when you come at life through that perspective, it's like, everything's for him. Like, I think of Romans 12, like, yeah. living sacrifice. Amen. Like, yes. That's, <laughs> trying to remember the words that Paul says before that, where he's like, this is like the just thing to do. I can find it. We will, we will get to that. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which, your, which is your spiritual worship. It is to, like, literally lay your life down is your true worship. Yeah. And um, it kind of disturbs me, like, how many songs these days mm-hmm. are about ourselves yeah. and not about Him not about glorifying him or talking about how thankful we are to him or yeah we've just made it all about us really and that's disturbing (laughs) yeah it kind of relates to how easy it is to be comfortable yeah and I know this um I always forget who this is by I'm so sorry but there's a quote look it up and you'll find who said it (laughs) um but there's a quote and it says, what's more, or who's in more danger, the comfortable or the persecuted? Mm, that's so good. I know. That is so good. And you really think about it, and the comfortable are in so much more danger mm-hmm. than the persecuted. Yeah. I feel like you get to experience Jesus more fully. Like, oh, absolutely. Ray and I both have a friend who's been through... Quite the amount of suffering, like physical suffering. We love you if you're listening. (laughs) You know who you are. Yes, you do know who you are. Um, But she's expressed to us, or at least to Reagan, and I've heard um, of how she feels the closest to Jesus amidst her suffering. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting Mm -hmm. to think about. But if you look in the word, it it makes sense. Like you think of how he says he's close to the brokenhearted. Yes. I was going to say that about Psalms. (laughs) mm, Psalms. I think another good point is um, when you think of any earthly relationship, um, Mm. the ways that we get closest to them is often through suffering, through trials. And so why would it be any different, honestly, with our creator? Like, especially with Jesus, the one we're going to be the most close to in our lives because Mm -hmm. his spirit is physically inside of us or is indwelling in us. Like... How much closer do you grow to someone when you're suffering with them? Like, you think of your friends. Like, I don't know about you, but it's harder for me to say that someone is my best friend, a close friend, when we have not suffered, gone through something together. Because how do you know they're going to stay? Like, how do you know they're not just staying because everything's calm, cool, and collected, 
and going well because you agree with everything they say. Mm -hmm. But to suffer with someone, to have that struggle, that push and pull, but to see that they last with you through that, it's like, okay, this person's going to stay. This person's steadfast. And that shows us not only God's character, but then it Mm -hmm. also tests our faith and shows God our faithful, or I think faithful is to be the word. Yeah. Yeah, our closeness to him and the faith that we have in him. Right. And so... We often pray to be closer to God. We cannot neglect that He can use suffering to do that, and He can use suffering to not only glorify Himself or for Him to be glorified, but to bring us closer to Him. Yeah, and He is the best friend. Mm, literally. <laughs> and I also um, think about this, and you know, it's a whole different topic to be mm-hmm. talking about, like. Um, how marriage is the reflection of Jesus mm-hmm. in the church, yeah. but I just love to think about um, when I think about suffering, I think of wedding vows mm-hmm. and how it's you know in sickness yeah. and in health. Yes, mm-hmm. there's joy. Yes, there um, is freedom and beauty and you know, but His ways are not our ways. Yeah. And so usually, how we get to joy, how we know peace is not through by natural or normal means mm-hmm. by the world. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think of, I think it's John 14 where um, Jesus is talking about the peace that he brings. And he mm-hmm. says, like, oh, it's not peace like the better. world gives peace. or um, it's, it's different. And mm-hmm. also, you don't know it until you follow him. Mm-hmm. You don't know it until you know him. I can sit here all day and try to, to explain it to someone who doesn't know him, and it will mm-hmm. not make any sense. Yeah. It will make no sense. But once mm-hmm. you know him, once you share suffering with him, yeah. you will know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're talking about Christianity and you're like, how it's like a vow, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of the parts of the vow is saying yes to dying daily. Yeah. And dying is not a cute thing. <laughs> Not necessarily tweetable. Not trendy. Something you want to post on an IG, but... Right. It's a part of it. It's take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. And that in itself is painful. And yeah. I don't think it's recognized enough yeah. as being a part of following Jesus. Yeah. And I also think another thing that I noticed when you talk about vows is like... Notice how even in the vows, like, suffering is anticipated. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, through all circumstances... Not a lot, like, no, mm-hmm. the good and the bad. We're aware yes. that it's inevitable in this life. So, again, it's like, who better to suffer with and go through that with than Jesus? Exactly. Literally. Um, mm-hmm. How he says peace with, in all circumstances. Yeah. And it's like, we can't really <laughs> see if we really truly have the peace that he gives unless we're Ooh, in the circumstances yes. where peace does not Amen. make sense to the people of the world. Amen. And so, literally, how else would you see... That you're truly following Jesus, that you truly have the joy that He's promised and the mm-hmm. peace that He's promised that surpasses all circumstances and all human understanding, or surpasses all understanding. I think yeah. that's the actual verse. Then to be in a circumstance where your peace does not make sense. Yeah, exactly. And He is the Prince of Peace. Yeah. The Prince of Peace, and I think it. This kind of goes back to what I said about um, how I handled suffering before knowing Him and how mm-hmm. I handle it now, because it's it's a different fruit that it produces. Yeah. And, um, yeah, all I can say is I don't want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Yeah. It's very beautiful. And I think, too, like, there's this, like, topic or ideal of, like, sanctification. 
Yes. And how, like, our whole life, after becoming Christian, becoming a Christian is, like, the starting line, and the rest is just mm-hmm. sanctification process. Sanctification being to become more like Christ, become more like Jesus. And we cannot deny Isaiah 53, what yeah. is he called? The man of sorrows. Yeah. So if we're becoming more like Jesus, we're going to grow in love and patience and all the other things that love is and who Jesus was. But we cannot forsake that we're going to endure through sorrows and experience sorrows to be made more like Jesus. Yeah. And I think that a really important thing to note is that this stuff sounds awful, right? Mm, it sounds true. terrible. But he gives us the grace to die. Mm, that's true. And he's also called the God of all comfort. Mm. And yes, we can talk about suffering. Yes, we can talk about what it is to die and how it's so uncomfortable and stuff. But as we've said, he's there to do it with you. Yeah. And also just like knowing that, you know, in Isaiah 53 where... It talks about how he's the man of sorrows and stuff. It says, like, surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And so I just think about that. and I'm like, he suffered first. He is familiar Mm -hmm. with all suffering. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. And is willing to meet you where you are Mm -hmm. with that. So. Very much so. Yeah. I think, like, as we're talking about this, I think of, like, okay, like, you're listening to this, and you're like, okay, suffering, inevitable. But how do I practically go about this? Mm. (laughs) And... I don't know, I think we briefly touched on this, but I think it's really good to point out that with this, even with this information in mind, that does not mean you become almost robotic and devoid of feelings. Yeah, or cynical. Yeah, when you go through suffering, like, in that, or in being like that, it's almost like we dismiss the entire Psalms. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Lamentations. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Ecclesiastes of him being like, I examined all of life and it's all vain. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Literally, like, emotions, God gave us those. Mm-hmm. They, I could probably say, they make us more like him. Yeah. And he can take those. Right. And I think the point is keeping the hope pointed at God. Like, as Reagan was saying, like, throughout the Psalms, they'll start off, like, God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. But by the end, he'll be like, but I'll hope in God. Yeah. And so it's like not letting your, your mind shift or not letting your focus be taken. I I say this a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've said it already, mm-hmm. but um, there's something that I can promise you, and that is no matter what your life looks like, I don't care what it looks like, I don't care what you may be dealing with or what someone you know may be dealing with, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, very confident in this, mm-hmm. and it's that you will never see the end of his goodness. Mm-hmm. If you are found in him, if you know him, and if you are committed to him, mm-hmm. you will never see the end of his goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never changes. Mm-mm. He's consistent. Mm-hmm. Everything else, inconsistent. Literally. But he is a firm foundation that you can yeah. trust and know. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, know, I think this scripture, I think it's in Timothy, <laughs> where it's like, even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful. Yeah. 
And it's like, no matter what we're going through, he's not going to leave you. Mm-hmm. It's a choice for you to get up each day, die, deny yourself daily and yeah. follow him. And yeah. he'll be with you. He's ready. He's yeah. By your bedside. Holy Spirit's alone within you. He's ready. Dude, he's up before you are. He'll be with you through all of that. Yeah. First Peter chapter four. I'll read like the first couple of verses. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. When I first read this, I just had like a really, really big, what's the word? Yeah, like I, I've read this scripture before, but this didn't quite stick out to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the first verse when he says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's like the way that you handle suffering is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't handle it well, it will distort your view of him, first Mm -hmm. of all. Um, And you can just get into some like pretty murky water if you don't like hold on fast to what is true Mm -hmm. and what is good, which is him. and <laughs> I just, the key to it, one of the keys, there may be several, but this in my interpretation is like, okay, what was Jesus's mindset mm-hmm. when he suffered? Yeah. What was it? What was it? Um, yeah. When I think about it, <laughs> it's like him in the garden saying like, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Mm. and I think that's what we see throughout scripture I even see almost a reflection of it in the story of Job and he's like the Lord gives and the Lord takes away yeah like, like it's his will it's his will what happens yeah and um I think that's really an important view to look at things through because we even think like when he talks about the cup of suffering and he asks the Lord to take away the cup but if not like your will be done that's when he says that part mm-hmm um, Jesus also, if I believe correctly, says that we will drink of that cup of suffering, or something along the line. Yeah. We're sharing the cup of suffering. I think it was the area, one of those disciples were like, oh, like, we want to sit next to you in heaven, and he was like, you're not even able to take this cup, but you're still going to have to. I just think it's beautiful how it says, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, because that means, like, that's what's going to protect you. Yeah. That's what you use to defend yourself. That's what you use. And what he uses to equip you mm-hmm. is that mindset yeah. of back to Revelation um, twelve eleven. He He didn't love his life unto death. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think along the lines, too, of like practicals that you can take from this or the practicality of suffering with God, suffering with Christ, um, is that you're never alone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a simple thing, but I feel like we often catch ourselves saying it. Like, even me, like, now, in the day today when I say that, oh, I was alone, like, I always, like, go back and be like, well, <laughs> I'm never actually alone. Because right. I have to, like, continue to remind my mind that I'm never alone. Like, the yeah. Spirit goes with me, that's the same Spirit that dwells within Jesus, that's, like, Jesus is with me. And, um... Yeah, I think just that's a really good reminder that you're never alone in any struggle, trial you're experiencing. Like, I think that we often forget, or some people do forget, that, like, 
even when Jesus walked this earth, like, he had nowhere to lay his head, like, Mm -hmm. he suffered, and so, and even was tempted in every way, like, a lot of times we suffer just from trying to stay away from sin, and it's such a temptation, but he was tempted in every way, that's what the Bible says, he can be with you in that, and so, remembering that, like, the creator of the universe has put his spirit inside you, the spirit that he used to walk the earth, like, you're never alone, and you have the best comforter yeah. and companion to be going through this life with. Yeah. Um, and then there's this quote that one of the pastors said in this church that I went to down in Florida, and it's really stuck with me, and I wanted to repeat it here because I hope that it stays with you, or at least the explanation of it does. And he was basically saying that in this life, we have nothing to lose, only godliness to gain. And that basically meaning that our whole life, we have already received the best gift, which is Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior and a promise of eternal life. And so everything else throughout this life, kind of, this kind of refers to the sanctification point that I talked to you guys about, mm-hmm. where it's like, for the rest of this life, we're just being made more like Christ. Simple. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, there's prob- possibly ways to expand upon that and like sharing the gospels within that, but if you're being made more like Christ, be sharing gospel because it's like yeah. Christ's whole life was good news um, and Christ being here was good news but I think that's a really good point yeah absolutely I was going to bring up Philippians 3 starting in verse 7 but whatever gain I had I counted as loss for the sake of Christ indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Yeah, and I think expanding on what you said about, like, it's simple, we really love to overcomplicate things we don't understand. Simply just look for him and seek him in your suffering. Because that why can distract you from seeing him. Yeah. It's like the objective never changes. Yeah. The love the Lord you that God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and kind of like what I said about Israel and how the Lord, um, you know, used suffering to, because he was a jealous God and wanted their love. Like, his greatest commandment is that we love him. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. even in suffering, just like we said about wedding vows, like, yeah. love him. Still Literally. love him. Don't forsake your love for him. Don't forsake your affection for him because he's a father who loves you. And, you know, like that's your identity. So. And what does loving him look like? Well, in the <laughs> Gospels, or, yeah, in the Bible it says that if you love me, I'll, you'll obey my commands. That's what Jesus yeah. says. Loving him is still obeying him mm-hmm. in the hard and the unknown, the difficult, remembering that he still loves you He's still faithful, even if we're unfaithful. He loves us, and his love is not forsaken. Calamity, sadness, whatever comes your way, neither 
depths, nor heights, nor angels, nor demons can separate us from his love. Yeah. So he's not running away from us. He still loves us. Your one objective is to love him. Yeah. Through it all. Yeah. You know, I don't like the saying of like, oh, I'm going to go chase after God as if you need to <laughs> chase him. Like, <laughs> no, he's right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just love him in return because he first loved us, yeah. you know, and he first suffered for you because he loves you. <laughs> I know we've all possibly heard the verse about like not taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm. And for a while, I just thought that I was like not saying OMG. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but I haven't looked too much into this, however, and I might cut it out. I don't know. I'll think about it. That's cool. But, um, I saw a TikTok once that said, that was basically talking about how when he was saying that to the people of Israel, it's like, they're in a relationship with him, and it's almost like when you get married and you take the, that person's last name, Yeah. it's almost like, don't take my name in vain, don't become mine, and then be like, oh, that's too hard, I'm, I'm Ooh. checking out, um, and so when I think of that, that makes like, sense. it relates to the whole like wedding vows thing, it's yeah. like, through sickness and in health. We're taking his name. We become a part of his family. We're God's children. Yeah. And then we're also Jesus' bride. And so sticking through with that, like, I think that's, it also relates to, like, when Jesus, like, count the costs. Mm-hmm. Because I think he'd rather have all of you than halfway. Even when he talks about lukewarmness, he's like, I'll spit it out. Yeah. Because, like, if you're not for him, you're against him. And yeah. we get fooled into being in the middle. We're comfortable. Right. Or like, I'm Christian, but I'm figuring it out. It's yeah. like, what is the gospel? Yeah. And what does being a Christ follower mean? Because that's yeah. essentially what Christians following Christ. Yeah. Have you met him? Mm. It's like, once you meet him, mm-hmm. it's not the same. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> you even, okay, <laughs> even if you decide to like not follow him mm-hmm. after meeting him, you are still not the same. Mm. Is I, there's probably a lingering thought or <laughs> conviction <laughs> um, that sticks with you after that mm-hmm. because, like, I, I cannot tell you how many people I've met where I talk to others about church hurt or mm-hmm. whatever, and because um, it's something I can relate mm-hmm. with people about quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I cannot tell you how many people who have have grew up, grown up in church or whatever and have seemed to completely turn away from God. Mm-hmm. And yet they still say at the end of their explanation of why they don't believe in God, you know, sometimes I still wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like there's always okay. something lingering where I'm like, he did like make a little mark on you yeah. and you can't erase it. Literally. Yeah. Another verse I came upon while we were happened for this um which is first peter chapter one verses six through nine it's a little bit long it's also in the nlt version but i think it really ties into this well and it goes so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and Mm -hmm. purifies gold Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, 
It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I just think that's really good. Mm, no, that's so good. There's a scripture, I think in First Peter, where it says, like, don't be surprised mm-hmm. by the fiery trial. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, we talked about it, I think. First Peter chapter 4, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Verse 19 of chapter 4, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Mm. A faithful creator. Faithful. Mm-hmm. Very true. There was this one week where I kept, like, not audibly hearing, but just on my heart, I kept hearing... Um, a scripture and it was in him we live and move and have our being and I heard it like all week and I was just like what's I don't I don't know where that that is I don't know what the context is I'm not gonna look it up like and I just kind of I didn't ignore it but I just didn't look into it um and then that Sunday my pastor literally just preached on the scripture (laughs) and I was like okay fine um and then I learned a lot so (laughs) I didn't have to look into it um But I read, like, 24 through 28, um, those verses, because, like, it just, it all made sense. Um, So, yeah, I'll read 24 through 28. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and of earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet, he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Yeah, he's not far from any of us. Even unbelievers, like, it literally says he's determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek him and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Because he's not far from any of us. He's here. He's not just near. He's here. He's here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. And I just think, I really like that scripture because it's like, Every single thing he's allotted and put together yeah. for good and for his glory. Yeah. And for you to know him more. Yeah. And I think that's still kind of relates to the points we made, but like, in suffering, you get to know him more. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's the best to know and get to know. Yeah. And I also think of um, now as a believer looking back on times of suffering in my life, I see his hand in it. Mm. And I'm sure that you can say the same of like. Because in those times, you're sitting there and you're thinking, why? 
why, why, why? Just not yeah. being okay with not knowing. <laughs> and um, I let those times of suffering distract me from mm -hmm. him. And I let the why really get to me. And now that I'm out of it and I can look back and I can, I can literally just see what he was doing at that time and just how he orchestrates and he, he like you said he does it for our good mm -hmm. and because he loves us yeah, yeah. that's amazing mm -hmm. literally that's so true yeah I feel like when I was like there's not one like thing that was maybe so sad yeah so God why <laughs> that I can be like oh I still don't see any good that came from that right yeah and literally. yeah we talked about this maybe but, like I've said before, he does not let anything go to waste. Mm. He will not let it go to waste if you just submit it to him. Yeah. And um, he can use it as a part of your testimony, if not for your own edification. Um, but, yeah, it really does edify your faith, and it edifies the faith of those around you. And, um, yeah, if you want the Lord to use you, <laughs> let him put you through some things. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. So great character development. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's all good. It always works out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, um, that was a podcast episode. That was our podcast episode. Um, hopefully, you really enjoyed it and learned a lot, and it benefited you in many ways. And hopefully, you caught on some of these scriptures here and want to go like study it deeper, or at least read them for yourselves even, and should like meditate on them, mm -hmm. maybe even memorize them, huh? <laughs> because I think that with this in mind, you can just see the beauty and suffering, and almost makes life even more lighthearted, because it's like, God's going to provide joy in all of these circumstances, and you can be assured that he's with you in all of them, yeah. so it'll all be alright, so. Amen. If you feel like you're suffering right now, or you're like terribly afraid or even anxious of suffering coming because I feel like sometimes we think that's not a part of his will mm. no mm. <laughs> that would not be true because if we look at Jesus who was the almost epitome of suffering yeah <laughs> it very much was his will for him to suffer yeah um and so don't be afraid of it we're not saying not to pray when you're amidst it and be like oh just whatever but have faith and believe that what he wills and allows to happen is for good yeah. Really that. Yeah. Um, but yes. Thank you so much, Reagan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah, so so glad that this was able <laughs> to happen. And thank you so much for listening. This this blessed you. Pray about the things you learned here. Yeah. And thank you for listening.